everyone tonight. We are glad to have all of you, whether you're a guest or whether you're a faithful member, we are thankful to have you tonight. I will tell you that next Sunday will be a treat. Brother Shelton will be ministering next Sunday morning and Sunday night. Um, and so I know that you will be blessed by that in Jesus' name. If you're watching us online, we welcome you as a part of this service tonight as well. Amen. Praise God. As some continue to give, the rest of you stand. If you would turn in your Bibles to John chapter 10, I want to read one verse. At the beginning, and then we'll read some more later. John chapter 10, verse number 27. Jesus says, My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. The Amplified Bible says, verse 27, this way, the sheep that are my own hear and are listening to my voice. Notice, notice the Amplified. They don't just hear. They're listening to my voice. It's one thing to hear. It's another thing to listen. And I know them, and they follow me. And then also the New Living Translation says, My sheep listen to my voice. I know them, and they follow me. Unless this goes completely different than I anticipate, I don't really expect to get with it a whole lot tonight. There was something during this week at General Conference that sparked this message for tonight. And so as a title, I want to ask you a question. Do you know the voice of the Lord? Do you know the voice of the Lord? Father, thank you for your presence in this place tonight. Thank you for the privilege of being in your presence again with people of like precious faith. Thank you for your spirit that's already touched, ministered to lives here tonight. God, I pray that now you would speak to us through your word. A message, a word, God, that would come from you. I trust you, God, that you will allow me to be a conduit tonight through which you can speak to your people, Lord. In the name of Jesus Christ, in Jesus' name, amen. God bless you. You may be seated. My sheep here my voice. There are things that throughout all of time they've been important. There are things throughout all of time they've been significant. And I don't know if it's really 
correct to say that there are some things that are more important now than they've ever been. I don't want to just play semantics, but maybe it would be more accurate to say there are some things that are more critical than they've ever been. Can I tell you that I believe you and I, knowing the voice of the Lord, is an extremely important thing in the day and time we're living in. Again, I don't really think it's correct to say it's more important now than it's been because if Jesus took the time He did, and I'm going to read a few more verses from the beginning of this chapter to you, but if Jesus takes the time to make the point about the significance of hearing His voice, then no doubt it is something that we need to pay attention to. I'm not here tonight to necessarily get into one of the common questions most people want to know, want to learn, is how do I hear, how do I know the voice of God? And I wish, I wish, I wish for my own sake that there was a, 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 a just an absolute black and white concrete answer to that. This is how God will speak to you. This is the way God speaks. But I'm here to tell you tonight, if we were to go around this room and let different people express how they've come to learn the voice of God, you would find that there are some differences. Sure, there will be some similarities, but you will also find that there are some differences in the way that God speaks to us. One of the sessions, I think it got used, it's a part of the grow process and we've got to get it put on to Antioch U so that you're able to do it. We did it in one of the classes before we got disrupted with COVID, but Brother Billy Cole, what a great, powerful man of God, one of the, I believe, the most powerful men of God to live within the last hundred years And he did a session about hearing the voice of God. And I was so personally encouraged when I watched that session because he talked about how God spoke or spoke to him versus the way in which God would speak to his wife. And they were very different. So I'm not here tonight to give you the formula about how to hear the voice of God. I will probably say this again. I will probably emphasize this a little later on in the message. But I can tell you one way to hear the voice of God. You want to you know a way to make sure you're correctly hearing the voice of God? Right here. But again, Jesus said, my sheep hear my voice. So if you go up earlier in the chapter, I will begin reading with verse number 1 of the same chapter. And Jesus speaking says this, Verily, verily, I say unto you, He that entereth not by the door into the sheepfold, but climbeth up some other way, the same is a thief and a robber. But he that entereth in by the door is the shepherd of the sheep. Now now listen to these next three verses. To him the porter openeth, and the sheep hear his voice, 
And he calleth his own sheep by name, and leadeth them out. And when he putteth forth his own sheep, he goeth before them, and the sheep follow him, for they know his feeling. I don't know offhand, and I've been thinking about this all afternoon. And if you know it, then at least raise your hand and say you know it, and I'll change what I'm about to say, and we'll talk after church. But I don't know any place in Scripture where God or Jesus, when He was on this earth, talks about what you feel. We put the emphasis most of the time on the feeling. God put the emphasis on the hearing. My sheep know my voice. When he putteth forth his sheep, he goeth before them, and the sheep follow him, for they know his voice. They follow him, for they know his voice. I, I, I don't like preaching this slow and deliberately on a Sunday night. I'm just going to tell you. But, but here we are. And a stranger will they not follow, but will flee from him. Why is it that they will not follow a stranger? Because they know not the voice of strangers. I, I don't, I don't, some of you have spent time on it, and God bless you. In fact, we've had Brother Mallory teach a class on it years past, on Monday nights, or maybe Thursday nights, but I think Monday nights years ago. So I, I, I'm not against this, but I'm not going to spend all my time trying to learn what other religions believe. I want to spend my time finding out what the Word of God says. I don't need to know every little in and out of what other religions believe because if I can get this book on the inside of me, if I can get his written voice in my heart, then when I hear all of that stuff, I will have something inside of me that the Spirit can quicken to guide me. I don't need to know all of that so that I can defend this. I just want to know his voice. I want to read these verses to you in a couple of other translations just to give you a little bit of flavor of what's being said here. The Amplified Bible says, actually before I read the Amplified Bible in those verses, I want you to skip down to verse number 8. All that ever came before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep, somebody say the sheep, there's a place in Scripture he talks about sheeps and goats. Goats may hear the voice of thieves and robbers, but sheep do not. Sheep are tuned in to one voice. Sheep know one voice and care about one voice. And if another voice is trying to direct me to go in a different direction, but it's not the voice of the shepherd, I don't care. I don't want to know. I don't want to consider it. I just want to hear the voice of the shepherd and follow the shepherd. 
So the Amplified Bible, verse number 2, But he who enters by the door is the shepherd of the sheep. The watchman opens the door for this man, and the sheep listen to his voice and heed it. Again, it's one thing to hear. It's another thing to listen. Some of you do good hearing your spouse's talk, but you don't listen. Because sometimes if you'll really listen, you'll hear one thing, but you'll understand something else. I'm preaching good right now. The watchman opens the door for this man, and the sheep listen to his voice and heed it. And he calls his own sheep by name and brings or leads them out. When he has brought his own sheep outside, he walks on before before them, and the sheep follow him because they know his voice. And he walks with me, and he talks with me. And he tells me I am his own. I come to the garden alone while the dew is still on the roses. And the voice I hear calling on my ear. There's no other voice like that voice. They hear his voice, and follow. Notice he's not behind them telling them where to go. He's out leading the way and talking to them, and they're following the voice. When he has brought his own sheep outside, he walks on before them, and the sheep follow him because they know his voice. They will never on any account... They will never on any account follow a stranger, but will run away from him because they do not know the voice of strangers or recognize their call. The Living Bible says, verse 5, this way, They won't follow a stranger, but will run from him, for they don't recognize his voice there's an awful lot of voices speaking into your life today there's an awful lot of voices some of those voices are coming from other human beings some of those voices are coming from what you watch online some of those voices are coming from what you read some of those voices are coming from the music you listen to there are a lot of voices in your life you better know how to hear the only voice that matters and follow only that voice Notice he says, they don't just ignore the other voices. They run from those voices. 
And then the New Living Translation says it this way, beginning with verse 3, The gatekeeper opens the gate for him, and the sheep recognize his voice and come to him. He calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. After he has gathered his own flock, he walks ahead of them and they follow him because they know his voice. They won't follow a stranger. They will run from him because they don't know his voice. If we were, there's not a whole lot of them right now that I can think of offhand, but there's been some times where we've had a bunch. But if we were to record the cries of the toddlers and the infants that we have here, and then we played each individual cry over the sound system, if it's not your child, you won't recognize one cry from another. They'll all sound the same. But I'd be, if I was a betting man, and I'm not, but if I was a betting man, I'd be willing to put money that every time a child was played, probably the dad, maybe the dad, no, probably the dad, but I'd be willing to pretty much guarantee you when the mother heard her child, she would recognize the cry of her child. She may not know who all the other kids are, but when I can, I can barely, but I can remember back to those days when our kids were in a crying stage and and I'd be in a situation where I hear a child start crying and I'd pause for a moment and listen. And I could recognize if it was one of mine. If it wasn't one of mine, hope they're okay. If it was one of mine, what's wrong? I knew the sound. I, I was tuned in to the sound. Of course, nowadays, anytime I hear a child cry, it's like, yes, that's not mine. <laughs> you know the sound. My sheep know my voice. He leads and they follow because of his voice. Now, I got to tell you, some of you are praying about some stuff, waiting on God to talk to you, and you are wasting your time. I've had people tell me stuff they're praying about, and I'm thinking that is the dumbest thing for you to pray about. Because there's really no reason for you to pray for God to speak to you about something that He's already spoken to you about. Well, I'm praying. You don't need to pray about it. He already told you. We like to do that because it makes us sound so spiritual. 
I'm praying about it. Is God saying anything? No. Has He spoken to you? No. You read your Bible? No. Say it again. One of the most accurate ways to hear the voice of God is right here. Because when you're reading this, you can't miss it. We're all prone at times. One of the, to me, one of the biggest struggles to go through in your walk with God, and maybe I'll say especially as a pastor, but I don't think it's just about being a pastor, but it's when you think God spoke to you and you missed it. Because there's so much of what's done that is based on your ability to hear the voice of God. Be very transparent. My wife is the only one that knows the details of this, but I've struggled in the last 12 months with something. Because I thought God spoke to me. And it appears that He didn't. And I'm actually now not too disappointed that He didn't. (laughs) However, I've had to wrestle. Let me tell you something. When you read the words of this book, there's no question, if you heard correctly, when you read what's been said. Y'all okay? I, I... You're all listening, right? That's why you're all listening. Okay, I'm going to trust that you're all listening. They know my voice. The phrase, the voice of the Lord, that phrase, literally that phrase, the voice of the Lord, can be found 50 times in Scripture. If you did a concordance search in the King James Bible with computer software, 50 times you would find the phrase, the voice of the Lord. What's interesting is 49 of those times are in the Old Testament. 49 of the times you read the phrase, the voice of the Lord is in the Old Testament. The 50th time that you read the phrase, the voice of the Lord, is in the book of Acts, where it's talking about Moses hearing the voice of the Lord. So 49 times are actually in the Old Testament. One time is in the New Testament, and that one time is referencing the Old Testament. And so the phrase, the voice of the Lord, was mostly used before... The infilling of the Holy Ghost. Not only before the infilling of the Holy Ghost, but that phrase was used before we have this as we know it. I I, I got a question. If they could hear and follow the voice of the Lord in the Old Testament without the Holy Ghost, In them, how much more should, how much more can you and I know the voice of the Lord when He now lives on the inside? But I'm going to tell you, I think knowing and hearing the voice of the Lord is more like an antique radio than it is a modern radio. Because if you listen to the radio, you can get in the car 
and you turn those digital numbers to the exact station. I get in there, I can go to 95.1, I can go to 91.9, I can go to 104.1, and those are about the only three stations you need in your memory bank on your car. Oh, I don't like that. Then you need to check what voice you're hearing. I think there's one other gospel station, if I'm not mistaken. Of course, on Sundays, 88.9 is gospel grace. I can tell you that. I've been listening to that for 35, 40 years on Sundays. But used to, you turned the dial. I was doing Welcome to Antioch this morning in the first session of Welcome to Antioch, or excuse me, the second session that I do is Who We Are, and we've got a video message from Bishop that we start off with, and, and I was having trouble with the DVD player, and I said something along the lines of, I need a remote for this DVD player because trying to operate the buttons, and Brother Tommy Parker's in the Welcome to Antioch this session. He said, what's a DVD? He was joking, of course, but my wife and I were at General Conference. We were looking at some materials for small groups, and they came as a DVD set. It's like, who can use those? <laughs> but for us older folks, you would turn that dial. A lot of times there'd be this red line that you'd move up and down the dial and you had you had basic numbers you didn't have every and you had to you had to work you didn't just go 95.1 you, you you had to work to tune in to get to the station some of you need to do some fine tuning because you got too many voices speaking into your life you need to put your hand on that dial and you need to do whatever you've got to do to be able to hear the single sound of the voice of the lord the voice of the shepherd because the shepherd is putting a lot of value on you knowing his voice because at the end of the day, it doesn't matter what all the other voices say. It doesn't matter what the voice of your peers say. It doesn't matter what the voices of social media say. It doesn't matter what the voices of pop culture say. There's only one voice that needs to matter. And that is, what is the shepherd saying? Because whatever the shepherd is saying, that's where I want to go. Well, we got out of first gear for a second. But voice of the Lord. The first time, the first time that you hear this phrase is in Genesis chapter 3. Verse number 8, and they heard, Adam and Eve, they heard the voice of of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day, and Adam and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord God amongst the trees of the garden. Adam 
and Eve as as elementary as you can get, as basic of all of mankind as you can get. They heard the voice of the Lord. You see, part of the problem is we like to hear a lot of voices because we like to pick the voice we like. said this numerous times some of you've heard it some of you haven't heard it yet and I'm sure I'll say it numerous more times but I I I like southern gospel not necessarily bluegrass gospel but southern gospel all the way to black gospel and no offense I'm not here to get into some big debate but rap is not in the middle of those for me You got it, that's up to you. And then everything in between. CCM, contemporary, I like it all. I can remember in my teenage years, laying down on Saturday nights, tuning my alarm clock to 95.1, and from I think it was 10 p.m. to 11 p.m. every Friday night, they had the country church. It was all southern gospel music. And I'd get up on Sunday morning, get ready for church, and I'd go to 88.9. I've been listening to 88.9 a long time. And it was gospel grace. Some of you all aren't like that. Some of you can't stand southern gospel music. Others of you can't stand other kinds of music. You know what? When it comes to your music, so be it. But when it comes to the voice to guide your life, It's not a matter of let me listen to a bunch of different voices and then I am going to pick the voice that appeals to me the most. Because if the voice of the Lord has never told you something you didn't want to hear, you've yet to hear the voice of the Lord. If the voice of the Lord has never told you to do something you didn't want to do, you haven't heard the voice of the Lord yet. Because there are some times hearing the voice of the Lord is a wonderful, sweet, consoling thing. But there's some other times hearing the voice of the Lord is not what I want to hear. I shared, my wife had an awesome experience the other day. I know a lot of you have prayed, you were praying last, last December for Sister Gross, Sister Tyler, and, and uh, Sister Rye Horton. I know many of you were, I know that, so please, I know that. But I'm just going to tell you, I, I live with her, in case you didn't know that, I live with my wife. <laughs> I, I, apparently this morning I referenced my kids' dads when I was trying to talk about my kids' friends' dads. So my kids do only have one dad, and that's me, just to clarify in case there was any confusion. But I'm just going to tell you, my wife, especially while these ladies were in critical condition, carried a burden for these three ladies and was so invested in them. And so... A week ago, I guess, two weeks ago, she was going out with Sister Linda Tyler and Sister Rye Horton, and she called me on the way to lunch with those two ladies about several things. And in the course of that, 
She said, I, I can't believe it. I should have made arrangements to get Sister Gross to be with us because that would have been all three of the ladies that had been on ventilators and come off. And she said, I, and so we kind of went on. And wouldn't you know that those three ladies had worked together to coordinate all three being there. And when she walked in, apparently she lost it. And I have absolutely no idea why I'm telling you all of that. So somebody can help me, please. Ah, now I do. I remember in particular it had to do with Sister Linda Tyler. We had gotten one of the more gloomy reports on her, and I was, I was at a low for several different reasons. I was battling guilt and blaming myself and I got a call from brother Shelton he didn't call to console me didn't call to pat my back back basically what he called and said was are you already rehearsing what you're going to say at her funeral yeah is she dead yet no and in fact, it was a Thursday, <laughs> and I was dreading that evening of live streaming. We were live streaming because sometimes what the Lord says to you is not sweet and gentle and kind. So if all you're going to do is listen to the voices that say the things you want to hear, you might as well mark it down. You're heading the wrong direction. You need to learn to hear His voice, and whatever His voice says is the absolute best thing for you to do. I, I don't have time. I'm not going to try to exhaustively go through this subject. I'm just going to give you two different, or an example for each of these. But there are blessings and there are curses. Blessings for obeying the voice of the Lord. Blessings for obeying the curse of the, the voice of the Lord. And curses for disobeying. God is a loving God. God is a merciful God. He is a gracious God. He is a patient, kind, long-suffering God and whatever other adjectives fit along those lines. But He's not a pushover. And He doesn't sit back as the Heavenly Father and let you throw a temper tantrum and do nothing about it. There's blessings for obeying and there's curses for not obeying. Exodus 15 and 23 is one of the examples where it talks about this. And when they came, this is the nation, the children of Israel, after coming out of Egypt. When they came to Marah, they could not drink of the waters of Marah, for they were bitter. Therefore, the name of it was called Marah. 
And the people murmured against Moses, saying, What shall we drink? And he cried unto the Lord. And the Lord showed him a tree, which when he had cast it into the waters, the waters were made sweet. There he made for them a statute and an ordinance, and there he proved them. And said, If thou wilt diligently hearken to the voice of the Lord thy God, and wilt do that which is right in His sight, not your sight, His sight, and will give ear to His commandments and keep all His statutes, I will put none of the diseases upon you which I have brought upon the Egyptians, for I am the Lord that healeth thee. If you will hearken to the voice of the Lord, if you will listen to the voice of the Lord, if you're dealing with some problems in your life right now, if you've got some issues in your life right now, you might want to take a few steps back and evaluate, am I listening to the voice of the Lord? Because if I've chosen to not listen to the voice of the Lord, I may be now suffering the consequences of my disobedience. Well, I, 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 how many of you got the Holy Ghost? How many have been baptized in Jesus' name filled with the Holy Ghost? I'm not sure we all the time really understand the significance of that. Because when you were born again, you changed kingdoms. And whether you want to or not, you now live under the laws of a different kingdom. That's why an unsaved person can get away with doing stuff that you can't get away with. They're in a different kingdom. You can decide, you know what, I, I don't know if I really want to listen to the voice of the Lord in these circumstances or for this direction. And you have the right to choose to disregard the voice of the Lord in your life. But you better be ready for the consequences. Because if you will hear His voice, hearken, obey the voice of the Lord, He's going to bless you. But here's one example. Again, there's several you can find, but here's one example. Joshua chapter 5, verse number 6. For the children of Israel walked 40 years in the wilderness till all the people that were men of war which came out of Egypt were consumed. They spent 40 years wandering in the wilderness. Why did they spend 40 years wandering in the wilderness? For one reason they obeyed not the voice of the Lord unto whom the Lord swear that he would not show them the land which the Lord swear unto their fathers that he would give us a land that floweth with milk and honey. Now, now get this. He sends Moses into Egypt to the children of Israel to be the one to lead them out of Egypt. God led them out of Egypt with the intent of taking them directly to the promised land. 
I'm not mistaken, Brother Yu, I think you might be able to answer this. If I'm not mistaken, that should have been just a couple of months' journey. God's plan was to come out of Egypt and to journey straight to the promised land and to go in to the promised land. But they ended up having to wander in the wilderness for 40 years years until all of those older people died off for one reason they did not obey the voice of the Lord isn't it interesting how the enemy wants to come along and tell you know what you don't really have to be that strict you don't really have to Walk that straight of a line. You don't really, it, it, that's, that's just a little bit too much. I, I have pretty much given in. As of actually a couple of weeks ago, I forget. May have been when Nathaniel and I went to Worcester, I think, maybe. But I, I basically have now given in to ways. And I really, uh, I'm, I'm really a little bit concerned about how much trust that I'm putting into Waze. For those of you that have no idea what I mean by Waze, it's a GPS app on your phone that gives you guidance. But unlike the others, now Google will, they do now give you some notifications of cops. They don't do it as much as Waze does it. <laughs> Sister Angie and I drove out to Indianapolis last Sunday. Almost to Indianapolis. We actually stopped about an hour out, finished the trip. And then yesterday, her and Elizabeth and Nathaniel, we all came home together driving. I was, I was putting a lot of con- I'm not going to tell you how much confidence. But I was, I was putting a lot of confidence in the accuracy of ways telling me where the cops were. And had ways not been accurate, I might not have been here tonight. <laughs> Pray, pray for me. I know I have issues, and one of those issues is now for the second time, I have no idea why I was bringing that up. Anybody know? Y'all are not helping What? It was, it was, yeah, they, they wandered for 40 years. <laughs> there really was a reason. Let me go back. 
Yeah, that's good. <laughs> Obviously, there is pride that the Lord is working on me. Oh, well, maybe it'll come back. In the meantime, this was not the point, but we will move on. I, I, it, it's not just hearing the voice. It's hearing what the voice says. Like it or not. You know, let me tell you something. Somebody, somebody needs to hear me. You really owe it to yourself and to others. Whenever somebody tells you what somebody else says, before you get all up in arms, you really ought to pause for a moment. Because every one of us hears things through filters. And, and I tried a long time ago, and I've, I've, every now and then I still, I have to, somebody say, do you know what so-and-so said? What did they say? And they tell me, boy, all of a sudden something rises up, man, I'm, I'm, I'm angry or hurt or whatever it is. And then I go, wait, wait a minute. Maybe, maybe that's not quite exactly what was said or what was meant. Let me tell you something, when God speaks to you, He's not repeating somebody else. And you can know for sure he's getting it correct. And therefore, it's not just hearing what he says. It's hearing exactly the way he says it and doing it according to what he says. I want you to, want you to look at this in 1 Samuel chapter 15. And, 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 and the Lord has instructed through Samuel to Saul that he was supposed to go kill the Amalekites, all of them, all of their animals, everything. Leave nothing alive. Now watch this. In verse 13, Samuel comes to Saul, and Saul says, Blessed be thou of the Lord. I have performed the commandment of the Lord. Saul says, before Samuel can do anything, I did what God told me to do. Really? Well, there's a couple of issues here, Saul. Number one is God has already spoken to Samuel. So while you may be telling Samuel one thing, God has already told him the truth. And Samuel responds to Saul and says, If you did what you said you would do, what you did, what is the sound of those sheep that I hear? If you destroyed everything you were supposed to destroy, why do I hear sheep still? Verse 18, And the Lord sent thee on a journey and said, Go and utterly destroy the sinners, the Amalekites, and fight against them until they be consumed. 
Wherefore didst thou not obey the voice of the Lord, but did fly upon the spoil and did evil in the sight of the Lord? Now watch this. Samuel has just repeated to Saul what the Lord had said. And Saul has already said, I did what the Lord commanded. And even after being reminded of what the Lord said, Saul responds and says to Samuel, I have obeyed the voice of the Lord. did what? I obeyed the voice of the Lord. And, you might want to be careful when you add an and after the voice of the Lord. Have gone the way which the Lord sent me and have brought Agag the king of Amalek and have utterly destroyed the Amalekites. You, you did what? Not only did you not do what the Lord said, you're now lying about doing what the Lord said. But the people took of the spoil, sheep and oxen, the chief of things which should have been utterly destroyed to sacrifice unto the Lord thy God in Gilgal. You see, that's what people who want to go beyond the voice of the Lord always do when they're confronted. Uh, y'all still with me? I, I'm, woo. There is a great gulf fixed between you and I. <laughs> when you have added to and done more than or less than what the voice of the Lord said, you want to start blaming... Well, the reason they're still sheep is because the people. Well, I know what the voice of the Lord said, but my friends. I know what the voice of the Lord said, but my spouse. I know what the voice of the Lord said, but you can't really expect me to do exactly what the Lord said. Except there's blessings for doing what the Lord said. There's curses for not doing what the Lord said. So Saul says, we, we, we saved the sheep and oxen so that we could sacrifice. We have a good motive for our disobedience. We have a spiritual motive for our disobedience. We did that so that we could sacrifice to the Lord. And Samuel said, Has the Lord as great delight in burnt offering and sacrifices as in obeying the voice of the Lord? Behold, to obey. And if I could add, to obey the voice of the Lord is better than sacrifice and to hearken than the fat of rams. 
we, we, we didn't do what we do sometimes on Sunday night. We were pretty toned down tonight. You can come in here on a Sunday night when it's blowing and going and we're singing a fast song and you can dance and shout and get with it all you want to. Come down to the front and do your deal. But do you know what? God is paying more attention to what you do on Monday morning than what you did on Sunday night. Because there's a lot of folks that know how to sacrifice in service or sacrifice in the right setting. But when it comes to just simply obeying the voice of the Lord... We justify our lack of, obe- lack of obedience to the voice of the Lord because of the sacrifices we made. And Samuel said, God is more interested in your obedience to His voice than He is all the sacrifices that you want to offer. There were two, if I'm not mistaken, help me out if I'm wrong, but there were two men in Scripture, if I'm not mistaken, that were translated, taken from this earth, not counting Jesus and His ascension. Elijah was one of them, taken up into the chariot and the whirlwind. But the other one, the first one, was Enoch. And there's only really one main thing that's said about Enoch. And that was, he walked with God. He walked with God. I think it would be okay to paraphrase in the context of this message to say, he followed the voice of the Lord. And he learned to do that so well that God says, I'm not going to let you see death. He didn't spend a night in a lion's den. He didn't walk through a fiery furnace. He didn't kill a giant. He didn't do all of those other great things that we find throughout Scripture. He did one simple thing. He learned to hear that voice and follow that voice. And that was so significant to God that He says, I'm not letting you leave here the way you would normally leave here. I'm going to reward you learning how to hear and follow my voice. I'm preaching to some people tonight. I feel more like I'm teaching tonight, but whatever it is, preaching. I'm preaching to some people tonight that you're listening on one hand to the voice of the Lord, but you're editing. You're either taking away from or you're adding some things to. The only thing God is looking for is for you to obey His voice, do what He says the way He says it. 
tell you something, it is a dangerous thing when you start getting your peers' opinion on the voice of the Lord. The old saying is, birds of a feather flock together. Chances are, if you've made up your mind to live in a way to try to somehow modify or alter what God's saying, you're now hanging out with people that are trying to do the same thing. Which means, ultimately, all you're going to do is tell each other what you want to hear. Oh, hallelujah. I know we're not running the aisles and shouting and dancing, but I do truly believe that I have a word from God somebody needs to hear tonight. Listen, I'm just going to read one, the one verse, but the context of it. Elijah, the previous chapter, 1 Kings chapter 18, Elijah stood on Mount Carmel, took on the prophets of Baal, calls fire down from heaven. You know the story. The next chapter, he's running for his life because the queen threatens him. And in the process of running, he goes and hides in a cave. While he's hiding in that cave, the voice of the Lord calls him to come to the front of that cave. And the Bible says there was an earthquake, there was a wind, and there was a fire. And after each one of, the, after each one of those, it says the Lord was not in it. The Lord was not in it. Oh, it was awesome. It was spectacular. It was entertaining. It was sensational. But there's a slight problem. The Lord was not in it. You better be careful when you get to watching earthquakes and wind and fire. And then you want to compare that to this. Because after all of those things, the scripture says, 1 Kings 19 and verse 12, after the earthquake, a fire. But the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire, what? A still, small voice. A still, small voice. It doesn't say it, but I think based on what is said about the earthquake, the wind, and the fire, we can say, and the Lord was in it. If you measure the importance of what God is saying you to you by the volume at which He's saying it, you will miss the significance. Uh, I feel like I've lost y'all. If you measure the significance of what God is saying by all the lights and smoke and all of that, you will miss the significance. I want... 
It's a prayer I prayed for years and years. I prayed it again this evening right before church. I want to learn to be sensitive to that still, small voice. I don't want God to have to get a megaphone out and turn it to full volume to call my name, to get my attention. I want God to be able to just whisper to me. And with all the other noise that's going on around me, I want to be able to recognize that still small voice. And when that still small voice speaks, I want to come to full attention and give everything I've got to hearing what He has to say and then doing what He says. Still, small voice. Paul talks about the day when the last trumpet's going to sound. The dead in Christ shall rise, and we which are alive and remain are going to be caught up to meet Him in the air. And, And all my life I've imagined, I don't know if it's true or not, but all my life I've imagined that when the rapture takes place, there's going to be an angel with a trumpet playing a trumpet solo. And it's going to be this blast of a trumpet solo and all of the saints are going to recognize that and we're going to be caught up in the air. Do you know what the word Trump means? Nothing to do with a president, no. If you look up the Greek word there for Trump, that word means a vibration, a pulse. What if when the rapture takes place, it's not going to be this blaring loud trumpet that gets all of our attention, but what if it's just a pulse? You know why? One of the reasons, there's a lot of reasons why we worship and a lot of reasons why it's important when we worship, when we come together. But can I tell you one of the reasons why it's important for you to worship when we come together? Because it is practice. Because some of you ain't going to be ready for the rapture because you need dynamite to get you to move. I want to learn to feel that pulse and respond. And so every day of my life, as I am learning to hear the voice of the Lord, I'm also trying to prepare myself to be ready for the rapture because it might not be this great big sound that gets everybody's attention. It may be that still, small You don't have to raise your hand, probably be uncomfortable to do it, so I'm not asking. But I wonder if there's anybody here tonight that maybe right now or some point in the past, you've struggled with feeling like, well, God's just not talking to me. Can I tell you, I think God's talking to us way more than we ever even realize it. The problem is we say God's not talking to us because it's just a whisper. And we got all this other noise and chaos going on around us. And so we're not hearing the fact that God is speaking. 
Because it's just a still, small voice. I'm going to close. That could take an hour, could take 15 minutes. But I want to close with this passage. Some of you have heard me share this before, but it fits in the context of this message tonight. In Genesis chapter 27, Jacob's mother is aware of the fact that Esau is about to get the blessing. And so she works with him to scheme for Jacob to get the blessing. But Jacob says to his mother, I, Isaac is now having issues being able to see. And Jacob says, my brother's got hairy arms and I don't have hairy arms. And so they scheme to make it so that Jacob would feel like he was Esau, and the Bible says this in Genesis 27 and 18. And he came unto his father and said, My father, and he said, Here am I. Who art thou, my son? And Jacob said unto his father, I am Esau, thy firstborn. I have done according as thou badest me, Arise, I pray thee, sit and eat of my venison, that thou sought, that thy soul may bless thee, bless me. And Isaac said unto his son, How is it that thou hast found it so quickly, my son? He said, Because the Lord thy God brought it to me. And Isaac said unto Jacob, and Watch this. Come near, I pray thee that I may feel thee, my son, whether thou be my very son Esau or not. And Jacob went near unto Isaac his father, and he felt him and said, The voice is Jacob's voice, but the hands are the hands of Esau. And he discerned him not, because his hands were hairy, as his brother Esau's hands. So he blessed him. Now I know that in the context of this story, Jacob's the one God had chosen and all that stuff. I get all of that. However, I'm pretty sure God's intention for Jacob to get the blessing was not by lying and cheating. And he comes in to his father and asks for the blessing. And Isaac says, The voice, the voice is the voice of Jacob. But come closer so I can feel you. And he comes closer and whatever Jacob and his mother had done to deceive his father, his father reaches out and feels him and he feels, he feels, 
He feels like Esau. And he struggles with the fact the voice is Jacob, but the feeling is Esau. And he made a big mistake, and I know ultimately, again, it all worked out in the plan of God, but he made a big mistake in that he trusted his feelings over the voice. Just at the beginning of service this evening, the Lord dropped this next part into my spirit. We spend so much time focusing on what is the symptom. Because feelings are never the source. I'm almost done. I know you've been sitting a while. I'm almost, don't, don't, don't. Don't turn me off now. Feelings are always a response. Feelings are never the source. I'm going to give you a really, really simple, trivial example. I, I drove all the way back. My wife had offered to drive, but I like to drive, so I drove all the way back. So I, I, I was a little tired, but I, I, was in, I was in an okay mood. But two weeks ago, two weeks ago from yesterday, I went through all the effort and work of reseeding my lawn. And I spent seven days watering it every day. Wouldn't you know, when I finally plant my seed, that we don't get no rain around here. No grass seed, we're getting hurricanes and tornadoes, and you plant grass seed and and Brother Michael was so kind as to help me out while I was gone. And I kind of had it in the back of my mind all day. I couldn't wait to get home and pull into my yard and because it's past the point when it all sort of germinated. And I should see all of those new sprouts. And I pull into the driveway. And it wasn't as I expected. Although I think I've learned another lesson because I did it different. This is another message for another day, but hear me. Because this time they got, they're got selling big bags of seed, fertilizer, and all that in one. One step, do it all at once, and it didn't work. Better be careful when you're cutting corners. I know it's it's trivial. Some of you care. Some of you don't care about your grass. Some of you don't have grass. Well, I do, and I care about it. I don't know why I do, but I do. I try to not, and I do. And I instantly felt a bad mood come over me. It was a response. The feeling is only a symptom. The source is the thought. Your feelings are only a response. That's why, again, I don't know of any place in Scripture where he addresses the feelings. 
He doesn't say casting down feelings and every feeling that exalts itself against. No, he says casting down every thought and every imagination. Because if you take the thoughts captives, the feelings are the result of the thoughts. We need to get control of the thoughts and the voice that is giving us the thoughts. It's not the feelings that are the problem. It's the voice. It's what's going on up here. And some of you got too many voices going on up here. And so it's causing anxiety and depression and fear and carnality. If you could just get narrowed in to hear the voice of the shepherd. What is the shepherd saying? What does the shepherd want me to hear? What does the shepherd want me to do? How does the shepherd want me to respond? I need to hear the voice. Some of you are battling with all kinds of different thoughts, bombarding your mind. You need to narrow down to hear the voice. When the enemy comes in with doubt, fear, I need to hear the voice. Because it's not what the enemy says that matters. What matters is what does the voice of the shepherd say. The enemy may be telling me that my world is falling apart around me. But if I can tune into the voice, it may be something the voice said in here. Or it may be a rhema the voice spoke to me directly in the midst of all of the chaos and confusion. If I got problems and if I've got needs that I don't have an answer for. And the enemy is speaking to me to focus on the needs. But if I can tune that out, the voice says, My God shall supply all of your needs according to His riches and glory. The voice may tell you you're all alone. The voice may tell you nobody cares about you. But if I'll tune into the voice of the shepherd, He said, I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. It's what does His voice say? So many different directions and applications of this message tonight because one of them, and I'm not even going there tonight, but one of them is you better know the voice of the Lord today for your safety. Because you need to know that if I'm heading, I'm talking physically, literally. If I'm heading a direction and there's some danger ahead, I need to have the confidence that the voice of the Lord can say, hold on. He doesn't have to jump in front of me with a big old sign and banner that says, Stop! He can just say, Hold on. Well, why? We, we, we tried. Here we go. We, we, we try. I don't know how well we succeeded, but we tried when the kids were young. We wanted them to learn, I don't remember, the, I think you had a phrase for it, but we wanted to learn, we wanted them to learn instant obedience. Because if they were in a dangerous situation, we wanted them to have already learned, when mom or dad speaks, I obey, 
I don't need a dissertation as to why I need to obey. I don't need an explanation as to why to do this. All I need to know is do it or don't do it. If that's what the voice says, that's all I need. He doesn't owe you an explanation for everything. He doesn't have to explain it all to you. You just need to trust the shepherd. You need to trust his heart, his love, his care for you. And therefore, anything he says to you is for your good. My sheep know my A stranger will they not follow. Folks, you know it, you know it, you know it. State the obvious. There are so many voices in our world. In some ways I feel like there's more than ever. There's probably not. Maybe it's just the outlets for them are more than they've ever been. And it's always been important. But in these days we're living in, and what I believe are the last days, I'm going to say it again this way. I think it is more critical than ever that we know the voice of the Lord. That all we need is that still, small voice. I'm of the opinion, it's just my opinion, But I am of the opinion we have sensationalized the idea of God speaking to us. And I will speak for myself, but I'd be very surprised if at least a few of you can't relate to this. I would say I do better now than I've ever done, but in all honesty, there are still times in my walk with God and in my ministry, I question and doubt if I've heard the voice of the Lord because it wasn't sensational. It wasn't this booming voice from heaven. It wasn't like a tongues and interpretation where it was, Thus saith the Lord to you, my son, David. just a thought and the problem with that is because sometimes it seems like just a thought we can confuse it for our own thoughts which is ultimately why it all needs to be checked because when it's just my thought there's usually something in here that quickly comes to mind that tells me nah (laughs) 
Brother Jack Cunningham was preaching, one of the preachers, Wednesday night in the Global Mission Service, and he told the story. He said there was this, they were having a mission service, and one of his saints came up to him at the end of service and said, I think the Lord told me to give $500, but how do I know that wasn't the devil? He said, lady, the devil has never told you to give a dime to missions. (laughs) When it's my thoughts, there's usually something. I told you closing, there was no time limit. He's playing, as Brother Shelton would say, melodiously and hopefully giving you some hope. But now that I'm coming down here, I'm taking away that hope. The psalmist said, I think it's in Psalm 119, and if I'm not mistaken, I don't know that David is necessarily considered the author of Psalm 119. But the psalmist said, Thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against thee. You and I need to make sure that we have got as much of the Word in us so that there is something in us that can be quickened to our minds when we need direction. Because if every time you're faced with a decision you got to go get your concordance out and do a Bible search to find out what the Bible says. You're going to be in trouble. You're going to mess up. As I've used so many times as well with this scripture, it's the difference between driving someplace you're used to going versus driving someplace you've never been trying to follow a GPS. You are not safe. I don't care who you are. I've gotten in some interchanges on highways where I'm trying to navigate merging into traffic and seeing if I'm on the right little blue line that I'm supposed to be on and all of that at the same time. It's not safe. In a few minutes, I'm going to get in my car. As far as I know, I'm heading home. Rather than going out. Heading home, I haven't said this yet, so I'm going to say it in front of God and everybody. I'm heading home because I've kind of got a hankering for a ham, egg, and cheese sandwich. Just throw that out there. Just just let that sink in for a moment. I don't want it from Double T tonight. Double T can't make it like Angie can make it. I'm going to get in my car and there's a good chance I'm going to pull into my driveway and probably could almost look around and go how did I get here? Because I know the route so well I don't think about where to turn 
I don't think about where to go. I just do it. I don't miss turns going from here to home. I know the route. When I don't know the route, I miss turns. If you're relying on an external GPS, you're going to make some wrong turns. You need to hide the voice in your heart. I've told this story many times. I really am trying to quit. Brother Spriggs, we were driving home from Youth Congress years ago. If I'm not mistaken, it was the first time we ever drove in one of the coach buses. I think conference was, our Youth Congress was in Louisville that year, if I'm not mistaken, or Nashville, one or the other. We were coming up Interstate 81. I get that in 83 confused. We were coming up Interstate 81. We rounded a corner on Interstate 81. And just ahead, three lanes of traffic were dead stop. I was sitting in the front seat on the left side holding Esther, who was asleep in my arms, and I was asleep as well. And I was awakened by the non-Antioch, non-Antioch, please hear that, the non-Antioch bus driver, I was awakened by him going, oh, blank. (laughs) And as I looked up, I see cars stopped. If I remember correctly, we were at least in the middle, if not the outside right lane of traffic. We went all the way across, down into the median, There was such an angle going into the median that luggage was literally falling off the top parts of the shelf. When we finally came to a stop, we got out, Brother Mott, I think my brother, myself. We were standing there with the driver, and he was in his late 60s, if not 70s. And after everybody kind of calmed down some, He told us that in the moment that happened, something he had learned in his first CDL class decades ago, had never thought of it, but in that moment, it came back to him. I got to tell you, if that can happen with a natural carnal thing, That in the moment it's needed, it can come back to mind. How much more is God able in a moment when you need it to quicken something to your mind, to your spirit, that applies in that moment that He sowed a long time ago. That's why you need to be careful when you sit and listen to preaching and in the first few moments of the message you go, well, that doesn't have anything to do with me. I don't know who he's preaching to today, but it's not me. There is a really good chance that God knows a couple of days, weeks, months, or years down the road that you're going to be faced with a situation. And so here right now, he's planting a seed so that at that moment when the time is right he can quicken to you what you have need of stand please I don't
don't, I don't, if you decide to come to the altar, you're obviously more than welcome, but I don't necessarily feel to give that appeal. Here's what I am asking you just for a few moments. I know, I know what time it is. But I wonder again, if you feel the need to do more than this, you're more than welcome to, but I'm tonight, I'm not asking for more than this. Would you write where you are? Just like the voice speaking to you doesn't have to be loud, I'm not asking you to be loud. Would you just take a few moments? If you're already committed to trying to hear that voice and follow that voice, then, then just, just recommit to that. But I also think there's some of you tonight, you've got a bunch of different voices that are speaking into your life and it's causing chaos and confusion and turmoil. And you need to ask God tonight, God, help me to be able to hear your voice. As my shepherd, help me to be able to hear and know your voice whether it's that or something along those lines that the Spirit prompts you. Would you just, just a few moments, just a few moments, I promise you, I, as best I can, I'm going to dismiss in just a moment, but just for a few moments. I don't want to sound overly dramatic, but somebody's eternity could be impacted by this moment. Somebody's eternity could be impacted by this moment because God is trying to bring you to a place where you learn once again or you make up your mind once again. I'm going to know that voice. I'm going to learn that voice. I'm going to follow that voice. I don't care what all the other voices may say. I don't care how much what all the other voices say that may appeal to me I just want to hear and listen I want to hear and respond to the voice of the shepherd oh God I pray that you would help us tonight I pray that you would help us tonight God that we would learn more than ever before to hear the voice of the Lord when you speak, you will be That we would be committed more than ever before to hearing and following the voice of the Lord. Word. May I, I want to know the voice of the Lord. I want to be able to recognize the voice of the Lord above all and the other voices around me. When the voices of the enemy are calling out to me, God, I... I want to be able to know that that's not your voice and I don't need to listen to that voice. I, I need to hear your voice. I need to hear your voice. We need to know your voice. In a world of so many voices, we need to know your voice. In a world of so many loud voices, we need to know the still small voice. Don't let us take what we hear of your voice and twist it to say what we want it to say, edit it to do what we want to do, but 
Lord, you have my Help full us hear what you say and respond when to you what speak, you say. You will be heard. Doesn't matter what the crowd is saying. Doesn't matter what the majority As is I saying. You through your word. What matters is what are May you I saying? Never lose this passion. What are you saying? Let it burn within my heart. Where's the voice of the shepherd? And let every Where's the voice of the shepherd leading me to? Consumed by all you are. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Be Give me a love for truth. Give me a love for your voice. And give me love Those two things are really inseparable. I will not the love for truth, the love for his voice are one and the same thing. You are the truth. You mean I want to love your voice. I want to love the direction, whether it's Rhema that you speak so to I me or if it's Logos I'll that you quicken to me. One's not more important than the other. I just need to know your voice. Show yourself to me. I want the confidence of knowing I hear your voice. I want the confidence that when you speak, I know I'm going to hear God. I give you total devotion. The name of Jesus. The name of Jesus. If you need to go or want to go, you're welcome to. But those that will, would you just linger for a few more minutes? Would you, would you tune that dial in a little bit and get it centered in on that voice, that one voice? That's more than emotion. Not the voice of my peers. Not the voice of my family. I give you Definitely not the voice of this world. I want to know your voice. I want to know your voice. I've got to know your voice. I've got to know your voice. I want the blessings that come with knowing and obeying the voice of the Lord. I want to know that I have the blessings of obeying the voice of the Lord. Forgive me tonight, God, if there's any area in which I've disregarded your voice. Forgive me, God, if there's any area in which I've modified what you've spoken to fit what I want. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. Help me to hear your voice. There's all kinds of other voices calling out. Help me to hear your voice. You mean more to me than words could ever say. Your voice, Lord. So I promise, Lord, I'll never walk away. I want to be a sheep that doesn't wander at the voice of a stranger. I want to be a sheep that doesn't get lost because I don't know it's a stranger speaking. And all the things that draw me close. I want to know your voice. I want to know your voice. And give me a love so strong that I will not be moved. I want to know. I want to love I your voice. I will not be moved. I want to love your voice more than any other voice. You are the truth. 
I want to love your Give word more, more than any other word that may be spoken into say. my life. So in the name I of promise, Jesus, Lord, in the I'll name never of walk away. I'll never walk away.